The Modern Tire Dealer Show is sponsored by MTD 10, the training and education network. Formerly DSP 20 Group, 10 is the most progressive and comprehensive resource offering tire dealers the solutions, connections, and training they need to reach their goals. From one-on-one coaching and group networking to real-world on-site problem-solving and exclusive content, 10 offers an all-encompassing approach to education unlike anything the industry has ever seen. Learn more about what 10 can do for you and your business at mtd10.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Modern Tire Dealer Show. I'm Maddie Gehring, the Associate Editor of Modern Tire Dealer. My colleagues and I just returned from the 2022 Specialty Equipment Market Association, or SEMA show, that was held in Las Vegas, Nevada in the first week of November. Today, those same colleagues, Mike Mangus and Joy Kopcha, sit down with John Healy, a Managing Director at North Coast Research in Cleveland, Ohio, to recap all that went on at this year's SEMA show. They've got a lot to cover, so let's get to it. Well, the uh, the 2022 SEMA show and APEX show are are in the, in, in the history books now. They took place last week in Las Vegas, Nevada. The APEX show at the uh, the Venetian and the uh, SEMA show at the Vegas Convention Center. And of course, MTD was there the entire week covering new products, tires, programs, services, upgrades, and various other things that suppliers rolled out or promoted uh, at both shows. And and normally this year. The, the MTD editors would provide uh, their overview of the show, but this year we decided to take a, a slightly different uh, turn, and we're talking to John Healy, uh, author of MTD's monthly Your Marketplace column and uh, partner at North Coast uh, Research in Cleveland, Ohio, who follows the tire industry for a living, uh, to provide his thoughts and observations about last week's SEMA show. So. John, welcome to the program today. It's it's great to have you. Thanks for carving uh, some time out of your schedule as you dig out from the festivities of last week. Yeah, no, no. Th- thanks for uh, having me, Mike. Enjoy. Um, enjoyed being out at SEMA last week. I got to say, um, they do such a great job at that show and, you know, SEMA and Apex together. But I spend most of my time over on the SEMA side of things. But it's just one of those rare shows where you're able to go see people see people that are truly in the business um, and then, you know, see the product. And also there's such a, a vast amount of educational and just kind of like industry awareness type events and seminars that go on at the event. So, um, you know, I spent maybe maybe two days out at the show, maybe not as long as, as you all did, but um, enjoyed it. Um, Las Vegas, you know, home of lots of things, including great restaurants. So I was able to, uh, have a couple of nice meals at some nice places and see a lot of folks in the tire industry and um, was able to get some perspective on um, kind of the realities of today and, and what we might see going forward. So I uh, was glad to be there. And, and uh, you know, for anyone that I saw at the show, um, hopefully you traveled safe and uh, um, thanks for taking the time meeting. And uh, yeah, happy to uh, chat about uh, the uh, couple of days out at SEMA. Well, John, you know, thank you again. What, what, were, your, what were your general impressions of last week's SEMA show? Yeah, I mean, I think we could go in a lot of different directions um, as it relates to impressions. Um, you know, the first thing that I, I I took away from it was I thought the attendance was rather mixed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were times when I was on the show floor where I felt like it was very 2018, 2019-like, where there was a lot of, you know, buzz and, and, and folks walking and, and being about. 
Um, and then there were times, um, you know, I was at the show, I was like, oh, it's pretty quiet. And, you know, looked for certain manufacturers on the show floor and, and they weren't there. Um, and, you know, I think those those manufacturers were, were, were largely present in the market, but I think they were at SEMA in a different capacity, you know, maybe in a hotel or, you know, kind of an offsite type event rather than having a big booth on the show floor. Um, but I, my impression was it was active and, you know, it might not have been as active as, you know, pre-COVID and, and maybe, um, and I haven't seen any, you know, event statistics relating to exhibitors or attendance levels, but it felt a little bit less than, you know, kind of pre-COVID, I guess. Um, but what I would say is that decision makers were there. And, um, you know, I probably had more success getting out people's calendars than I normally do when I go out there this time around. And I think it was just, um, you know, for me, it was a productive trip. Um, because I think people who were there were decision makers, they were thoughtful, they were people kind of in the know and in the flow of what's happening in, in kind of the marketplace today. Um, and they were able to meet and talk and, and, and uh, share perspectives. So my impression was, is that, um, you know, attendance probably was a little bit below what I thought, but it was the right people there. Um, spent a lot of time talking with dealers um, as it relates to kind of the realities of today and what's happening in the marketplace as well as what we might see next year. And I would really kind of characterize the, the the tone of the SEMA show attendee as kind of mixed. I think there was kind of a tale of two cities where you have those dealers that are in markets that, you know, might be a bit more affluent, might be a little bit more kind of college educated, professional type um, um, demographics. You know, those dealers are, are kind of saying, what recession, what's going on? You know, business is great. You know, we're still confident positive on units and, you know, we've gotten good ASP increases and we're able to manage uh, those uh, kind of increases in, in um, input costs and, and we're moving those along so we're maintaining our margins. Then you had dealers that were kind of at the other end of the spectrum that said, you know, this summer was not ideal and mm -hmm. they saw a lot of deferment and they saw customers starting to trade down. Um, and, and I think it really has to do with kind of what markets you're in and what the um, kind of uh, income level is of the um, consumer in your market. Um, and I think those kind of middle America kind of um, more urban markets are experiencing a bit more pressure. And, you know, my impression was is that dealers are starting to respond. I think dealers are getting leaner on inventory and trying to make sure they don't overbuy product at high prices. And they're also starting to change their product screens a little bit and move into what I call kind of tier two brands more than tier one brands um, and bring a little bit more value to their price screen so that they can um, get the consumer to transact. Because I think what they're seeing right now is consumers that are, you know, haven't been in the market purchasing tires in a number of years. And when they come into the come into the dealership or they come into the store looking to, to, to get two or four units. Um, they're awfully surprised at what the price of a unit and they're looking for the dealer to find a solution for them that gets them out of the dealership with a set of reliable tires and reliable tires rather than a certain brand of tires. And I think they're looking for value more than they're looking for brand name or, um, you know, customer loyalty related items right now. I have to agree. Um, a lot of the conversations I had with dealers during the SEMA show centered on high inventory levels and maybe a, a slight drop in, in sellout and, and retail demand on the on the PLT side in particular. 
and uh, maybe a, a little slowdown in in spending. And uh, they're they're concerned about inventory. They're concerned about less about supply and more about you know how do I off offload the, these units that I've suddenly accumulated. And um, you know we heard we heard some chatter about price increases as well. Not as much as last year, as there have been fewer price increases announced uh, this past year versus previous year. But um, you know a lot of the same topics that you just listed, John. I, I can I can corroborate. We we had similar discussions with with tire dealers on the show floor and in various meetings, um, and, and and quite a few manufacturers. Uh, you know, especially in the global. Uh, Tire Expo, powered by Tia section in, in the South Hall, used the show as an opportunity to introduce uh, new lines and, and new products and even new brands uh, to the market. So a lot of activity there among the uh, the tire manufacturers in terms of uh, using the show to get the word out about what they're they're doing. Um, Joy, I think I think we we noticed a new truck tire brand as well. That, yeah, uh, yeah, John, I was curious, what do you thought, you know, I mean, obviously, we don't have the capacity here in the US to build um, all the tires that the US uh, North America truck tire market needs. So it, it, it seems like this happens, I guess, I, I didn't go back and look to see if it's happening each year. But, um, you know, we see that Jim Mayfield is leading um, Ralphson India's new um, Ralphson Tire North America. So what are your thoughts on you know, another player kind of coming into the U.S. truck tire market. Yeah, definitely. So I, I probably spend 80% of my time when I look at the tire industry, like a, kind of the consumer and, and, and passenger light truck market. So not a ton on the big truck, heavy truck, kind of, um, you know, kind of uh, more freight oriented kind of vehicles, um, but do spend some time there. And uh, I'm familiar with those folks. And um, I think the Ralston outfit is uh, what they're going by now. Um, and I think that they're, you know, they've hired some really good people and brought in some people with strong relationships. And I kind of, uh, I, I always go back to something I, I learned and something that was told to me early in my career is that people do business with people. And I think that happens a lot in the tire industry where brands are important, but relationships with distributors, individuals, and, and those who you transact with are, are probably just as important as the brand or the, uh, you know, the rating of the tire's performance. Um, and, I, and I think those folks will be successful. Um, I think what you see right now is, um, you know, a, a lot of kind of what I would say the mega trends in mobility um, relating to e-commerce and, and how goods are being moved around from wholesale to wholesale distribution point rather than to wholesale to retail and, and, and kind of maybe some, some, some different ways that we um, are moving goods in this country. I think it's a really good thing for truck tire demand. Um, so I think the product that these folks are bringing in um, is going to be well received because I think the demand side of the equation is, is quite strong. Um, so I think they'll be successful. Um, I saw the product at the show and, and you know saw some of their presence there and um, know some of those folks and um, I think they'll do well and I think they'll do well because you know the uh, the product seems to be of quality um, there seems to be demand out there for said product and they're bringing in people that know the landscape so um, I think they're keeping it simple and um, I think folks like that will uh, will be successful and you know well, that okay. Go ahead, Mike. What, what, what's interesting, John, is they, they weren't the only company that that used the SEMA show to unveil some new uh, TBR tires. Uh, Century Tire USA and its uh, Delente brand uh, just uh, rolled out a full complement of medium heavy truck tires for a variety of different publications, and those were on those were on display. 
at the show. And then another company called Wholesale Tire Distributors, you might know them, they distribute the Arroyo brand in the US. They also previewed a line of medium truck tires that they're bringing to the market in the new year. So uh, uh, an unusually heavy emphasis on, on TBR commercial truck tires at last week's show, I thought anyways, uh, compared to previous shows. Yeah, I, I would agree with you that I thought the presence of kind of TBR on the, at the show was maybe a bit elevated relative to the past. And, you know, that might be no more um, complicated than, you know, that, that's been some of the areas where, you know, some of the costs have been, you know, even more pronounced. And, you know, some of the bill rates and availability of products been, you know, le less consistent. So um, I think these folks, you know, that, you know, you, you, you named a couple of them there that I would agree with are. Um, on the scene and becoming more visible. I think they're doing so at the right time. Also saw a ton of new light truck tires uh, from a variety of companies, including uh, Tire Co, um, GITI, which, which you know, of course, manufactures and distributes the GT radial brand in this market. Uh, ATD Hercules had a brand new light truck tire that was on display uh, Mickey Thompson, which of course is owned by Goodyear, added several tires to its popular line, and um, you know, which which I think makes sense because uh, you know the the light truck uh, CV SUV market is still the, the the biggest in North America and the most rapidly growing. But also saw quite a few uh, EV products. Um, for example, Maxxis uh, had a brand new EV tire specifically tuned for that type of vehicle on display at the show. It actually took home a, an award and uh, qu qu quite a few others. Oh, and speaking of light truck tires, we can't, uh, we can't uh, forget the, the Cosmo Mud Kicker Mud Terrain tire, which is uh, distributed by Tire Group International out of uh, Miami. You know, they, they proudly displayed that new product too. So, you know, a lot of a lot of continuing trends uh, on display at, at the show in terms of products and, and where, where a lot of these suppliers are focused right now. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think your comments on kind of the, the light truck market are accurate. And I, and I think the most exciting thing I heard you kind of highlight that I would agree with is, is, is the, is the uh, items on the EV side of things. Um, I actually spent some time with um, some dealers that, um, you know, have a good presence out on the West Coast. And that was one of the concepts and, and that I wanted to kind of kind of dive into was, you know, with EV vehicles, are you seeing any sort of different um, replacement cycle, any sort of different kind of attributes to that vehicle as it's being serviced in its life? And and one of the common things that were noted to me was that, you know, we are seeing EV vehicles that are, you know, 15, 20,000 miles on the car, um, those needing tire replacement. And validating what I would say some of the um, hope that I think the manufacturers have for what EV will do to the tire replacement category. So mm -hmm. dealers are telling me, hey, you know, you know we, we've now seen these cars in the market for a year or two. Uh, they are coming back to us quicker and they're coming back to us in the need of, you know, more, more replacement activity and um, earlier in the mileage or earlier in the mm -hmm. age of so I, I'm kind of excited that, you know, we might be entering in this phase of the tire industry seeing what I would say, the first, what I would say, product-related demand creation um, for them in a long time. I feel like tire manufacturers have always competed against each other and, and kind of hurt the replacement market, making the product more durable 
last longer, more warranty on it. So you improve the customer satisfaction, but you change the demand um, demand level that would you know happen you know every three years instead of every two years or every four years instead of every three years. And I think this move to EV could actually be you know quite positive for growth in the tire replacement category. So I'm kind of excited. I heard things from dealers that would be supportive of that. And, you know, I think if our car park evolves, you know, and it does evolve in this EV future that, you know, it seems like that the consumer and the government is getting behind. I do think the Inflation Reduction Act and the the tax credits that it will potentially allow for for the consumer to purchase EV, consumer and commercial entities to to purchase EV vehicles um, I think can be a really good thing for the tire industry as we work out into 2024 and 2025. Well, I, I think, oh, oh, go ahead, Joy. Well, and we're probably going to say the same thing, Mike, yeah. but I, I think it's really, it's a possibility of maybe like a, I don't know, an opportunity for there to be some like appreciation for your local tire dealers, um, you know, kind of like a, a just a, a new window into maybe consumers are going to have you know, going to be learning more about their tires, you know, certainly they're going to notice if they go to an EV and all of a sudden they have to buy a new set of tires after 12, 15, you know, let's even say 20,000 miles that they're, you know, most consumers are not accustomed to that. And they might, you know, maybe that conversation at the counter is going to change a little bit. And it's really going to be, you know, maybe an opening for a, a dealer to, you know, kind of be more of that trusted confidant to a consumer rather than, you know, that, oh, I have to go and spend several hundred dollars at this, you know, tire shop down the street. So. Well, I I think, I think we're looking at maybe the emergence of a brand new subcategory or or category uh, in in our industry with EV tires. And there's one camp that, that says, well, you know, you could take an existing tire, maybe tweak a couple of things, put it on an EV and that, and not lose performance. But, you know, there are others who, who, who say that, no, you have to create an EV tire uh, specifically tuned and designed and manufactured for EVs uh, in order to, you know, replicate the performance of that OE tire coming on an EV uh, from the factory. So, you know, another thing too is is the all-weather segment continues to uh, to, to do very well. It, it's grown exponentially over the last couple of years. We saw some new all-weather products and some older all-weather products at the show, including the Toyo Celsius, which I think was one of the first all-weather offerings. Uh, to hit the market several years ago. Kenda Tire uh, even uh, displayed what they call a, a four-season tire, which, which uh, according to them, is not quite the same as an all-weather tire, but uh, in terms of functionality is very similar. And, uh, and then continued investment in passenger tire lines. Ketter Tire, for example, just rolled out a ton of new sizes in its Neoterra line, planning to add some more. Uh, in the coming year, Trimax Tire, which is owned by Maxon International, uh, they they've uh, added quite a few sizes uh, to various lines and will continue to do so. So you know the list goes goes on and on, John. And and one one thing I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention is the the presence of of tire equipment uh, suppliers at the show and uh, you know tire pressure monitoring system sensor and scanner suppliers at the show, Bartek, Atec, Autel, uh, Hamaton on, on the TPMS side. And then, of course, you had Myers Tire Supply, you had Hennessy, uh, Hunter Engineering, huge, huge exhibit uh, right there 
at the front of the South Hall and the Global Tire Expo session, maybe the biggest exhibit in terms of square footage and, and even attendance. And they rolled out a brand new uh, revolutionary tire changing machine. So a lot of activity on, on that front as well. Yeah, no, um, I would agree with you completely. It was actually one of the more uh, humorous elements of the uh, the show floor. And um, I'm not sure who I'd attribute the, the large boom to, but some of the uh, Tire, uh, the, the tire installing equipment or um, alignment equipment, or uh, I'm not sure what it was, but uh, so, something went wrong, and there was a uh, a very a very loud uh, bang that happened that uh, made a, a number of people around surrounding booths jump up in the air, and it was uh, a bit humorous. But yes, definitely big presence from those outfits on the show floor. Um, and I think uh, I think when it get uh, what it gets to is um, when dealers are looking for what I would say ways to improve the output of their facility and also ways to make their techs happy and um, techs are gold right now. And I think most dealers would agree with that. And um, I think having good equipment, um, having them trained on the right equipment um, and that equipment being productive for you at a dealership level is a major focus for a lot of folks right now. So I think those that are selling equipment into the dealership channel right now are, are, are probably seeing some good opportunities because I think dealers are aware that, Hey, we need to we need to elevate our um, our tools in our shop for our technicians, both for a profitability standpoint, but also from a retention standpoint. Um, and I think all those folks are probably seeing um, you know dealers with some good money in their pocket after you know a successful eighteen months or so that are you know willing to maybe uh, reinvest in their business a little bit. Yeah, I, I I agree. Dealers are definitely upgrading and investing. I, I think the labor shortage uh, imbalance is going to be a continuing problem heading into next year i don't see any relief really in sight based on conversations i've had with with uh tire dealers recently joy i have to assume you you've heard similar sentiments um actually i just had a conversation um just yesterday with a couple you know independent dealers and they they were telling me that that's kind of finally turned the corner for them so um, they, they weren't ready to like, you know, jump up and down or pop mm -hmm. any champagne yet, but they, uh, you know, one said we've gone from, you know, the trouble of just having a body in the shop and trying to get, you know, people in the shop to, um, now having some people who are there and maybe want to work and what, you know, really want to do the job. So Good. there, there was a little bit of relief, but, um, but, but, but I don't want to blow it for those guys either. They were, they were yeah. pretty happy that, yeah. that maybe they've just started to turn the corner. So we don't want to jinx them. Well, that's, that's good news. It's good to hear that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely exceptions to the rule. Uh, John, as we wind down this episode of the Modern Tire Dealer Show, any final thoughts on last week's SEMA show and, and what, you, what you discovered there? You know, I think the, I think the final thoughts that I, I have are, you know, this is an industry, I think, on the replacement side of things that has uh, changed pretty quickly. Um, I think, you know, we went from a situation 12 months ago where there was, you know, scarcity of product, lots of price increases, and it was um, difficult to, to know who was going to be showing up at the shop every week. And I think some things have leveled off. And I think inventory is starting to normalize in the channel a little bit. And there's probably fewer opportunities for further price hikes um, was kind of the sense that I was getting that there will be some price hikes um, at the beginning of the year from the manufacturers. I think mm -hmm. um, less frequent, more consistent um, with their pricing message. Um, 
So I think as I look the next year, you know, we've got an opportunity for a little bit more price if you're on the manufacturer side. Um, but I think from there, it is going to be um, all about kind of managing your inventory. And I think dealers were expressing to me a, um, a desire to maybe do more with less. Um, I think they've been um, happy with kind of, um, kind of third-party uh, distributors and how they've worked with them. Um, I think dealers are looking to make sure they don't buy too much inventory right at the point where prices peak and then maybe prices come down. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of kind of that vibe that was given off at the event. Um, and I think the expectation for most dealers that I spoke with for 2023 is that flat might be the new up. And, um, you know, flat unit volumes is kind of what people are expecting for next year. I don't think many dealers believe that they will be out, able to outrun kind of um, consumer-oriented pressures in the next six months or so. I think they're kind of um, being cautious about their business, but they're not what I would say um, down in the dumps. Um, I think most people are happy with kind of the current trend line in the business, but um, there is a little bit of caution out there. I think there's some mixed signs out there that folks are seeing in terms of car count and activity levels. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say it's still a largely healthy marketplace. Um, It's just not one that, you know, I think folks are expecting to take a step or two higher um, you know, let's say before the 4th of July of 23. We will definitely see what the new year holds. We'll, we'll find out, John, and we'll have you back on the show in a while. But in the meantime, you know, good luck uh, for, for a great end to 2022. Thank you for carving time out of your schedule to share your insights with us today. And, and we'll talk to you soon. Happy New Year's. Uh, th- take care at all. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Modern Tire Dealer Show. And a special thanks to John for coming on to talk about SEMA with the MTD team. If you have plans to go to SEMA next year, let us know so we can stop by your booth and feature you in the next year's SEMA recap. This is Maddie Gehring, Associate Editor, MTD. Be sure to subscribe and leave a comment. We'll see you next time on the Modern Tire Dealer Show. The Modern Tire Dealer Show is sponsored by MTD 10, the Training and Education Network. Formerly DSP20 Group, 10 is the most progressive and comprehensive resource offering tire dealers the solutions, connections, and training they need to reach their goals. From one-on-one coaching and group networking to real-world on-site problem-solving and exclusive content, 10 offers an all-encompassing approach to education unlike anything the industry has ever seen. Learn more about what 10 can do for you and your business at mtd10.com.